www.camfm.co.uk Your station, your CamFM. This is Chilled Afternoons on CamFM. Helping you through the vision. Hungry? Hello, Domino's Pizza. Then call 01223 355 155. Piping hot pizza straight to your doorstep. Just order on any Tuesday and buy one, get one free. Terms and conditions apply. Head to www.dominoes.co.uk for more information. And don't forget, Domino's is now open late. So call and get a pizza delivered after the club's close. Domino's Pizza. Take a fresh look. This is the start of something big. 97.2 camfm.co.uk Your station, your camfm. Can't explain all the feelings that you're making me Hello and welcome to Burst the Bubble. It is Excellent Hat Day on which the Queen's acquisition of the most excellent of hats is celebrated. Uh, but all that aside, uh, we are a show that talks all about the silly news stories that were going on in the rest of the week, which are hat unrelated. Uh, our first hat unrelated story, I believe, today uh, relates to uh, uh, the continent of South America. Is that right? Uh, yes, but you, you could introduce us. Just because we don't have as awesome hats as the Queen, does that mean we don't get introduced? That does mean you don't get introduced. But, you know, you, you, you're, you're allowed to introduce yourselves. Hello, I'm Michael. Hi, I'm Jonathan. There you go. It's like a start of a meeting, isn't it? It is, it? isn't it? And I have a problem. <laughs> I have a, an addiction to hats. <laughs> I have a lack of hats. I have Perhaps we can hats. solve these problems <laughs> together. Well, no, this first story is um, that the Venezuelan president, Hugo Chavez, has given a new home to someone for becoming his three million follower on Twitter. Um, Natalia Valdivizio, who is said by a government official to be 19, uh, received this home on Thursday and has posted celebratory tweets uh, calling Chavez the best president. Um, she's our choice of one. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, well, <laughs> well a, a choice of many. Uh, the best president of the country of which Hugo Chavez is the president, remind me, remind me, remind me. Venezuela. Remind me. There we go. <laughs> uh, uh, w- w- would have been uh, a, a small potatoes in the compliment department, uh, whereas uh, best president worldwide is actually pretty good, you know. But, I mean. Possibly of all time as well. Ah, true, yes. <laughs> yes. I, uh, Ronald Reagan never gave me a house. <laughs> Certainly not for being his millionth follower on Twitter. <laughs> three million. That, that would three, have been... Three, three million. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what you, 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 were, you were only a third as, of, 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 the, of the followers. I was going to say something else then, and then realised it sounded stupid, so... What would... Stop. Uh, I, what, what would... Uh, do we know if Chavez did anything to celebrate the one million and two million marks, or was this just a sudden, sort of, the opposite of a fit of peak, I suppose? Uh, a, a, a fit of... Uh, of kind-heartedness. Uh, yeah, I think two million was a small bungalow, and uh, <laughs> one million was uh, some a, sort a of fridge do- box. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't say anything at all about about those. Um, in fact, it, he didn't actually say that he was giving it to her. He, he sent her a message saying, "Congratulations, you're my three million follower." And his regional campaign manager said, "And she's getting home." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's possible that the campaign manager acted outside of his remit here. You know, this is going to be uh, this is you know a, a la Jeremy Hunt. You know, the, the, he, Chavez is is, is going to be like I didn't tell anybody to give anybody homes, and then Chavez himself will turn up at the doorstep and go, "Oi, get out!" <laughs> so you've got about a week to fortify your house until Hugo Chavez reads the Guardian, at which point he will realise what's going on uh, and, then, and then trouble. Uh, this has caused lots of problems in Venezuela because uh, apparently it's been government money that has gone to build this house rather than Hugo Chavez's personal funds. Yeah, so the taxpayers basically funded his crazy PR scheme. Yes. Uh, and if you, and um, yes, the satirical website, uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce it right, <laughs> El Chigüe 
Chiguere Bipolar produced a mock news article saying that his other 2,999,999 Twitter followers were disappointed at not getting anything. That is true of every competition. You know, it's like, a million people competed to win the moon. Only one person got it, and everybody else went, oh, don't earn the moon. And the one bloke who did earn the moon kind of squandered his rights. Because if you gave the moon to a random person on the street, it's like, you need a lot more than just a moon. In many ways, that competition would be sort of fronting, it would be sort of a lost leader. We'll give you the moon for free, and then, and then we'll sell you rockets. No, I think if I had the moon, I'd just throw it at people's eyes. Just to, like a big pizza pie, you know. <laughs> It'd be very ironic. <laughs> Is that a reference to some lyrics? It <laughs> might be. <laughs> and that would be Amore. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and the <laughs> catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Owen in the moon, that would be a catastrophe. I think that would be a problem, yes. If he threw it at somebody's eye, that would be a catastrophe. Unless he invited them to the moon. That, because then, in, in order to affect the throwing of the moon at their eye like a big piece of eye, you could really just push them on the floor. Because, <laughs> you know, uh, New, uh, because Newton taught us that there is no absolute uh, frame for gravity. I'm sure Newton was thinking about this sort of scenario when he came up with his laws. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. When the moon hit, Oh, God, that would be horrible. Oh, hang on. <laughs> My <laughs> laws <laughs> preclude this. Excellent. It would, it would be okay in the following circumstances. Let's hope that's physically true. <laughs> Yeah, but no, no. Here, here, it's more the fact that they had to actively follow someone. So, okay, it is like a competition, but now it's like those competitions where to win something, like us on Facebook, which is the only other equivalent I can think of. Which I, I just, I just get when when it, when when they say enter a competition to win a thing by liking our page on Facebook. I just get a feeling of Ugh, because it's like going, you you change your beliefs uh, and start publicising this product you can in exchange a for a chance. <laughs> yes. If you win this competition and we find out later that you don't actually like <laughs> the thing you've liked, we will take the prize away. You can post a lot of statuses which say not, at the <laughs> risk of being like a 13-year-old from 1987. <laughs> probably. I'm probably about a decade out with my uh, anachronism. <laughs> well, no, no, it's That's just... basically the point of an anachronism, though. Oh yeah, that's true. I have an oh, I had an anachronistic anachron. I aimed for an anachronism and maybe missed. <laughs> I might have ended up with just a plain old chronism. <laughs> it's starting to sound very Douglas Adams. What is it? Uh, flying is throwing yourself at the ground and missing. <laughs> and speaking the truth is attempting to lie out of your face and missing. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> back, back on the matter of uh, twi Twitter followers and all that, you know, people give out stuff for being millionth, uh, you know, Twitter follower, millionth person to like you on Facebook, you know, famously people like buy, you know, sort of jumbo jets for the millionth visit to their, web uh, to their website. Uh, I'd like to see people doing this with sort of archaic communications. You know, I'd, I'd, li I'd like somebody to launch a campaign, which is, we will give a free car to the 100th person to send us a telegram. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a telex, you know, or, or a carrier pigeon. Because uh, it's, uh, it's quite hard to source them. You know, it would force you to sort of go out and sort of go, how in the heck do I? Like, I'm pretty sure the systems for all three of those exist, due to the fact that telex is still used in parts of the third world, uh, that, you know, telegrams uh, technically exist, you know, they're probably re-implemented in various ways, and the continued existence of pigeons. <laughs> so it, it'd be possible to do. Uh, uh, you could, you could like, when you have a kid, you can say, and the, like, 3,000th person to meet my kid uh, will we'll give some sort of prize to. To what? What? Instead of, like, going for me method of communication like that, just talking to. Oh. oh. I, I thought you were saying that your kid, like, your kid was your mechanism of communication. <laughs> like, your kid well, just made calls of the UK and you had to go, hey, hey, you're, you're Michael's talking child. Here you go, talking child, take this note. Uh, and then the talking child would go and find you and deliver it and then come back with the response. You had to wait patiently in the same location. <laughs> no, no, I was going sli slightly more mundane utility of just speech. <laughs> See, I, I don't, yeah, you, you definitely don't want to say uh, a prize for the millionth person to heckle me on the street because you, you are going to have no peace forevermore. Whereas with the telegrams, there's a significant chance you'll never have to deal with a single one because they'll just be the post office sort of going, what are these? I have absolutely no idea how to deliver them. <laughs> just just uh, cram them in the warehouse. Tell nobody. It could be quite a fun competition if you just said, uh, I'll give a prize to the hundredth letter that I get, but you don't tell them your address. 
and then just just leave it as some sort of like Sherlock Holmes sleuthing style exercise. Oh right, so sort of <laughs> you know services of private investigators would go up. <laughs> you, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's, 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 you you might find that every morning the postman rings the bell and you go ooh a parcel and he punches you square in the face <laughs> and, then, and, give, and then gives you all the letters. <laughs> that happens to me anyway. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't need to encourage that more. I've heard stories with like the Royal Mail delivering quite accurately with some bizarre like not not real addresses and there's like people putting like bad puns and cryptic clues on their letters and then getting <laughs> delivered which is quite impressive considering they manage to occasionally just lose letters which are written normally well that might be the point of the puzzle though to lose letters in the i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so what we've learned is uh, there's at least one genius and at one at least one incompetent person in the employ of the royal mail that is, that is that is the grand truth we have uncovered this day. Yeah. I, I do agree about the thing of uh, delivering improbable mail. Uh, the, the best one I've seen delivered uh, was somebody sent their Russian friend. Uh, no, sorry, their Russian friend sent their, their, this person their address, uh, but they used different character encoding. Uh, so what went out as a bunch of Russian glyphs came back as squibbledy dibbledy dibbledy do, which is how I pronounce like a series of tildes and degree signs and copyright symbols and things like that. Uh, and this person, being a sort of industrial grade idiot. Uh, just faithfully transliterated all these copyright signs and degree symbols and stuff onto the envelope and then chucked it in the post. Uh, and, so, and so the first postman to find it had to go, Ooh, uh, and so, you know, type that all laboriously into their computer and then do the reverse thing uh, and then send it to Russia, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of communications, uh, we've had an email despite not giving our email address out. So congratulations to uh, <laughs> someone claiming to be Ryan Giggs. We must uh, have repeat listeners. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Uh, I'll, I'll have you know that I have not squandered my ownership of the moon, which I obtained perfe- perfectly legitimately, and I'll be seeing you in court, Ryan Giggs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can email us uh, studio at camfm.co.uk. You can use the web form if you're listening online, camfm.co.uk, as uh, Ryan has. Or you can text cam plus your message to 80809, although that will cost you 10 pence. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I'm not sure just saying I'll be seeing you in court is actually a summons to court. So I think we're okay here for now. I'm practically certain it isn't. <laughs> yes, I have, I have a feeling there are some slight uh, discrepancies about this email. <laughs> I mean, if the next morning a judge comes and picks you up by your shirt tails and goes, to the court, any court. <laughs> I've heard, well, I'm not telling you the address of the court. <laughs> a squash court, this will do. Yeah, it, it, I, I, th- I, know, I know summonses to court can actually be delivered via Twitter these days. That has happened. Really? That, that sounds that like ha- a thing that is untrue. No, no, that, that has happened. That I, can't I, during, be. During, I, I will try and look up, look it up to you for you during one of our musical breaks. But you I can believe try. that has happened. But web form is not is not a thing. <laughs> it's not a way of sending summonses to court. Anyway, it's, speaking of music, it's worth pointing out that Twitter is a uh, a web form. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I, I genuinely don't in that case because both of those are things where you typey typey and then you clicky clicky and wait, then webby webby. Wait, this is too <laughs> this is too complicated. Can you explain that better? <laughs> okay, so, so don't get when, so technical when, when with a me. web browser and a daddy key. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. So anyway, I believe that uh, so besides the uh, antics of Mr. Chavez, uh, there have been other goings on uh, in the week preceding uh, Excellent Hat Day. Uh, what other non-hat-related stories have we got? Uh, well, we've got a story which is ten- tentatively related to presidents in that it features Michelle Obama, um, who is obviously the first lady of the United States at the moment. Uh, but she has written a book, supposedly, uh, which is... Tales of the Presidential Vegetable Patch and is a healthy eating cookbook that oh. she's had uh, time time to do. Um, apparently she's got a higher um, poll rating than Barack Obama at the moment, which is quite funny. <laughs> a higher <laughs> approval rating, so uh, this, this, is, this is her attempt to capitalise on it. So is it entirely non-fictional? Because the title... Uh Tales of the presidential vegetable patch makes it sound kind of like the Wombles, you know. Like, there's go- there's going to be like tiny CIA operatives who live amongst the broccoli. I'm assuming you can grow broccoli in a vegetable patch. That's probably true, isn't it? I'm, I'm yeah, picturing well, just broccoli wedged in the ground. Yeah, sadly that's not, not the title. That's just what how it's been described. The book is actually called American Grown: The Story of the White House Kitchen Garden and Gardens Across America. <laughs> Past the sick bucket. <laughs> they called it American Grown, and they failed. <laughs> 
<laughs> an American groan is sort of. <laughs> Not quite that sort of groan, but they should have passed it by Captain Homonym, who was employed <laughs> at the publishers, in order to detect this kind of foolishness. Anyway, uh, I, I, I quite like that. This is this is her big uh, her big move, though. This is you know this is her big get Barack reelected move uh, is to uh, is to, uh, to publish tales from the presidential vegetable fetch or the American groan, you know, erging my way through the through the uh, the ages. It's, it's presumably this it, it's it's going to make her look at best quite privileged you know because it, it, mo- most people live in places which don't have vegetable patches most people don't have like s- the secret service to keep away pesky kids from nicking your leeks you know <laughs> thinking, or, or, or aphids or yeah, a little aphids yes. <laughs> excuse me mr aphid i'm gonna have to take you outside <laughs> you're outside you're at- oh well, that, that was quick <laughs> very efficient the U- u.s secret service <laughs> but uh yeah the, the it's it's, it's like a, a bizarre book because apparently it's full of glossy photos of luscious vegetables <laughs> <laughs> uh, along with uh, how to on creating a compost bin so i'm not sure it's just like generic gardening and food rather than take sticking to anything i don't know if i don't know if there's an american theme running through it how, how would you theme a, a gardening book as american uh there would be cheese on everything <laughs> like the growing techniques would all involve cheese you'd sort of you know, you'd be like take your broccoli now take a cubic foot of cheddar uh plant the broccoli plant within the cubic foot of cheddar uh, and wait one can't help feeling if that you guys eat the cheddar one can't help feeling that you've got a warped v- view of america here well i assume everything would be supersized as well <laughs> <laughs> oh well there's, a, there's actually um in the news stories are saying that this isn't the only kind of like food stuff that's been going on in the white house apparently uh thomas jefferson was uh, obsessed with trying to grow a 1.2 meter cucumber <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure why i'm not sure why it was specifically a four foot cucumber are you quite sure you haven't slipped onto a different website there <laughs> like you just scrolled off the bottom of the guardian on, onto the bowels of the internet that lurk underneath <laughs> No, no, it's, that's what it says. Thomas Jefferson was obsessed with trying to grow a four-foot cucumber, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's not a euphemism. <laughs> oh dear, and, and only Jefferson's particular, you know, particularly that's that's dropped out of White House parlance ever since until Michelle Obama resumed the quest for the four-foot cucumber under uh, un- under the guise of, uh, of, of vegetable patch maintenance. <laughs> it's also saying that John Adams uh, created the first White House garden. Unfortunately. He uh, he lost his re-election, so he never got to harvest the vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that, that, that's one of those things where you've got to be quite. Well, actually, I, I believe, like in America, it's actually quite likely that you get re-elected if you're the president. So, I so, so. Uh, well, it's fifty-fifty or worse, I suppose. Like you can only try twice. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, when you for, to, to get no, a given, second to get to get a second. Yeah, um, given that term, you've been elected once, uh, are you yes. actually more likely to? get a second y- term you are likely to be a two-termer yes yes um so this, this so this, this, <laughs> I, honestly this, this guy was just um just like obviously um tempted fate too much with his his vegetable patch well i i thought surely he should have used this in his campaign you know if you don't vote for me all of these vegetables are going to be wasted how could you <laughs> the amount that that's going to cost the economy well, your rival would just go if i get elected i'll eat them <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a fairly easy comeback you know? <laughs> They would have to be vegetables to which only you are uh, attuned, uh, tolerant. Well, the opposite of allergic, uh, allergic. <laughs> yes, these are special Democrat vegetables that yeah, exactly. are delicious to Democrats. And it's like tomatoes, red peppers. Wait, no, that doesn't work. That's oh, the wrong colour scheme. One way round. Yeah, yeah, no, that would be the right colour scheme in most in most places. Colour scheme, colour scheme in, my, in uh, most ice places. cream. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, confusingly in America, uh, Reds are either A, communists, or B, the Republican Party, which is kind of weird. It's sort of, it's one of those things where it sort of meets around the back, I suppose. So if you're, are we back to, are we back to the four foot cucumber <laughs> meeting around the back? No, if, oh, if, you're, oh. if you're communist hard enough, you become a Republican. If you're Republican hard enough, you find you become a communist. You just wake up one day and go, <laughs> take ownership of, oh! No, no, not again! <laughs> you, just, you just start oscillating between the two because you keep on being, trying really hard at one of them becoming yeah. the other. It's best if that's happening to you to live in Alaska. 
Dum dum dum, Sarah Palin, Sarah Palin. Uh, oh, uh, controversial. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and uh, if you've got any comments on um, American gardening books or. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Or, or, or also just randomly awarding people houses using public funds to, or who ought to Twitter. Or the moon. Pardon? Or who ought to own the moon. Or who ought to own the moon and whether it should in fact be uh, our supposed buying gigs. Uh, you can get in touch with us, studio at camfm.co.uk. You're listening at camfm.co.uk online, you can use the web form, or you can text us, cam, at, text us cam plus your message to 80809, although that will cost you ten pence. Indeed. I don't believe it has been documented, actually, in the history of the show, so, <laughs> so, so, so why not break that record? The first person to text in gets verbal congratulations. <laughs> right, we'll take a brief musical break, we'll be right back. On air, online, and across Cambridge. Your station, your Cam FM. Hello and welcome back to uh, Burst the Bubble. That was uh, Ed Sheeran with "You Don't, uh, You Need Me, I Don't Need You." Uh, earlier, before the break, uh, we were talking about presidential news stories. Uh, uh, next up, we got a section all up, uh, themed around television. Oh, Is that right? Oh, oh, before, Although, before, well, before, before that, I want to I want to point out that I have in fact found the news stories talking about caught summonings being being um, delivered via Facebook, and also uh, apparently uh, a court ordered injunction has been allowed to be served someone um, via Twitter where the defendant was only known by his Twitter username. Uh, uh, you know, Mr. Justice Lewison uh, allowed that. So, so yes, I am right, and you are wrong. Chris. How would they conclusively establish that the right person had turned up? Because you, you know, you, you summoned, you know, at, at seven pineapples, and then, but then, then a bloke turns up and sort of goes, "Yes, I am he." But you know, like a number of them could turn up for, uh, and make the exact same claim. You, you, you could you could get a Spartacus thing going on. <laughs> yeah, You're like, yeah. oh, I'm yeah. seven pineapples. No, I'm seven pineapples. Precisely. I think such a tweet would be quite fun to compose, really, wouldn't it? At Jonathan, please come to court. Lol. Hash. You're stuffed. <laughs> you're going down, mate. <laughs> that, that, that sounds a bit prejudicial in the trial. That sort of tweet, frankly. Really? Oops. <laughs> Better rethink this. Stuffed. <laughs> hash. Official court summons. Hashtag. Not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And yeah. Besides which, we we're just wondering how uh, Hugo Chavez has three million Twitter followers. That's a lot. That is quite a lot. It's impressive. We're, we're it might impressive. be mandatory, of course. <laughs> like that might be part of the agreement for citizenship. You have to like Hugo Chavez. Who <laughs> we uh, we shall never know. Which I mean, I can't be bothered to look it up. What Google would that be like? You know, t- uh, Twitter Chavez punishment or something. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, but yes, we're moving on to our TV section, uh, starting with. Um, a story that, that, that Jonathan, I think, has been quite quite interested in. Uh, oh, I think this is brilliant. It's the uh, idea of uh, dimble dancing. So the idea is you you put on question time, and you meet up with. Uh, what was it? It's in a. It's in a. Is it in a pub or a club in in Hackney? Yeah. And I uh, believe it was the back room of a pub. Yeah, you turn up and you basically heckle, tweet, and uh, drink, and then start dancing. While watching Question Time. During the show, or...? Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I guess it would be pointless to heckle when the show wasn't on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the oh, dancing, I, I suppose, is my question. Is the, is the dancing a live accompaniment? Like, sort of, like the audio accompaniment to silent films? It looks like it, yeah. Apparently, <laughs> the, 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 um, the Guardian reporter went along to this, and uh, the evening's dimble dance contest was won by Tom Bush and Ramsey Alvaquil, two young men whose frantic performance was, they suggested, an attempt to convey our frustrations at the current political climate through the medium of dance. Which <laughs> <laughs> bizarre. I hope thing. they have a series of dances which are you know, calibrated to the kind of topics that that, that might come up in the course of question time. You could have the respect party rumba. You know the um, the Levison Lambada. <laughs> that was a really filthy dance in the nineties, wasn't it? <laughs> the conservative <laughs> conga, <laughs> the George yeah, exactly. Galloway gyration. Which you <laughs> no, you'd have to you'd have to pretend to be a cat during that dance. <laughs> you would just be on the on the floor on all fours, you know, going around going meow. It'd be great fun. You hey look kids, like a let's idiot. do the abject humiliation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's just. It makes you wonder what other like TV shows are going, going to get their own like interactive club nights. 
Oh, I'm all up for Blue Peter getting this. <laughs> and here's one we made earlier. Some wicked beats. <laughs> <laughs> I just about managed was to that, say that with a straight face. Was that, your attempt, was that your attempt to be down with the kids? I'm well down with the kids. That is a crucial 8 to 13 <laughs> demographic. Eight, 8 to 13? I think that's why you're pushing it a bit on, on both ends. Well, I, I have no idea who watches Blue Peter these days. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> it's on CBBC rather than the BBC. That was a big news story a few weeks ago. The fact true. that Blue Peter was no longer going to be on the main BBC One channel. It'll just all be on CBBC. Hmm. Which is it, it's sad, because I, I was thinking, surely that's how you like first come to like be aware of non-children's TV programmes. You carry on with the same TV channel after the children's programmes stop. Hmm. That Speaking was, of which, that was impressive. You managed to time that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if we're composing uh, dances to accompany television shows, uh, I'd like to see the weakest link. Uh, and the way the weakest link would work as a dance is it would be uh, a stripper, uh, <laughs> and they would take off an item of clothing for every step up the weakest link ladder. Uh, but every time, every time they banked uh, or, or lost, uh, then they, <laughs> they put, they put they all their clothes back on again. Frantically in time for the next question, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quick, quickly dress again. <laughs> they might have like magnetic pants or something in order to make that easier. You know, you just sort of go, clothing assemble. <laughs> 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 it's it's, it's going to be the new film. We've had Avengers assemble. The next one is clothing assemble. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be uh, for a slightly different age range, I think, <laughs> that one. Different market, straight to video. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. But I, I, I think that would be quite fun as a, uh, as a, a view of viewing. Well, it would be a very frustrating viewing experience, uh, especially when the, comp- <laughs> when the co- contestants were really incompetent and they'd, sort of, they'd keep on sort of removing their left sock and then they'd get something wrong and they'd go, <laughs> put it back on again. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, I think we should move on, because... Uh, yeah, let, let's just move on from that because uh, that that might get complaints. And that that there we go, segue. Because um, um, there has been um, a list of which adverts have got the most complaints uh, in 2011, and uh, there's a phones for you ad um, which attracted 659 complaints, um, which is like a horror film, horror movie style campaign. Yeah, it basically looks like The Ring or The Grudge, that sort of thing. I, I, I would have thought uh, well, it's, like, it's just one of those things you, you, you rarely get non-horror films which are the thing that was well known okay now, now, now I've started thinking of that I can think of loads of films that aren't horror films that start with the so ign- ignore me <laughs> but it just strikes the King's me. speech oh yeah the, 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 <laughs> I found that pretty horrifying The Graduate yeah oh yeah that's terrifying as well that one <laughs> but yeah it, it, it strikes me that this, this doesn't seem to be a very realistic um, demonstration of how to sell a phone because essentially in the advert the, the creepy child attempts to you know, scares this woman by herself in a, in a car park and then tries to sell her a phone and it, you know, it doesn't reveal at the end whether she actually buys the phone, I assume not <laughs> Yeah it, I, get, I get that about a lot of adverts you kind of like go, how is this selling me a product in any sense? You get all these ones and it, uh, to be fair, if you can't understand what the advert's going to be about Chances are, it's either a car or a perfume. Hmm. And that just, just at the end, it'll go. Uh, uh, it'll, it'll go like car name, st- the stylish car. Or something. <laughs> you, can tell, you, you can tell I'm not an advertising car. You know what I mean? You can like live your life with style, and and like up until that point, it's been all people going around bars and that sort yeah. of thing. I and mean, then all of a sudden, the car turns up in the last f- five seconds. <laughs> These aren't things where you're supposed to go. Goodness me! That you know, that, I, I I want to be those people on the advert. Drive us at once to the capitalism depot. You're su- you know you're su- you're supposed to uh, just bank this stuff around in your brain. So if at some later point you're like, hmm, could do with smelling nicer, and or hmm, could do with moving faster, then you sort of go, come on, brain, conjure up names of valid vehicles slash perfumes, and don't confuse the two. <laughs> I don't want to end up with like an Audi sort of going. How's this supposed to make me smell better? <laughs> I love this idea of a capitalism depot. <laughs> You know, I once accidentally drove to the communism depot and they, they repossessed all my property and distributed it among the state, you know. <laughs> uh, they have also um, unleashed the list of the top ten most complained about uh, ad campaigns. And the top one was a KFC one with people singing with their mouths full of KFC. <laughs> We've got a ridiculous <laughs> number of complaints. I, it's, 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 it's like all the things that you could complain about, and 
someone talking with their mouth full. So maybe there's tick boxes on the ASA website that are like, <laughs> why would you like to complain about this? You know, is it is it due to sexual content, excessive violence, bad language, improper table manners? You know. I think this is great, because th- 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 this got more complaints than another one which featured somebody kicking a cat. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I point out that the kicking the cat one, you... you you never saw the cat g- get kicked. It was just heavily implied. Oh, that makes it all right then. It's like you can lower you can lower the rating of your film by having things be heavily implied rather than showing them. So, surely that's well. Obviously, it's better than showing someone actually kicking a cat. Okay. <laughs> Even if it's a CG but, cat yeah, or, it's, or it's like, like a the, model cat, it's like the PG-rated version of Aliens, uh, <laughs> where, where you just cut away to a couple of people going, "Goodness, oh, blimey, I don't like the looks of that." Ooh, and an octopus. <laughs> what octopus? <laughs> uh, I, I mean the chest burster. Don't I? I'm, con- I'm saying octopus actually because of having seen the, uh, the film Prometheus uh, just recently, which is sort of Aliens Zero. Uh, and rubbish. <laughs> Alien Zero, Prometheus <laughs> One. <laughs> and I think the score at the end of that film was. I think it was a nil-nil draw. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, you just completely. The, oh, the, the chest burster scene in Alien. Uh, I've seen very little of Alien, but I've seen the chest burster scene, mm. and it's not scary in the slightest. It's more comical. <laughs> It's just because the chess bird just, just looks so silly, and you've seen so many parodies of it already that you're just completely inured to the fact that this is coming out of this guy's chest. Mm. And then it just kind of runs away going... <laughs> well, there's, there's a certain amount of dramatic irony if you know that the, the actors actually weren't told that that was what was going to happen. <laughs> they, they were told that a thing would happen, but they weren't told that, you know, there would be, you know guts splattered all over the place and a thing coming out and crawling around the table. <laughs> it wasn't really surprised for the actor, it was just it was coming out of. <laughs> no, I think, I think, I think <laughs> he had to know. Why are you attaching this thing to my shirt? What is, is it? Uh, uh, Microphone. <laughs> Unusually elaborate. Necktie slash mic combo. Don't worry about it. Why are the pyrotechnics? Uh, just in case you need to destroy your microphone in an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're act- if your acting is so bad, we need you to self-destruct. Uh, <laughs> we detect you're about to drop the F-bomb, then we can go... <laughs> and the microphone just sort of flies off. Uh, you could just stop building, stop filming, because this isn't going out live. <laughs> yeah, but we built the exploding microphones, and now we've better use them. <laughs> Wait, a waste, they, otherwise. Don't they normally use a boom? <laughs> oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry to be that guy, but... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, but no, no, um, well, what do they have in their scripts then? It's just like, stuff occurs here. P- pretty much, I'd assume that's what... <laughs> you know, chest burster occurs. <laughs> you don't really need to go into, d- into detail? No, but they've not been told what it was. It's just kind of like, react here. <laughs> yeah. And then kind of like, call them minutes later, kind of like, plot resumes. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'd say plot resumes. That is plot. Um, Maybe you'd pass it off as a typo. It'd say chest burster emerges, and you'd sort of go, "What's that?" Oh, it's a typo for uh, uh, chest buster. Uh, <laughs> an alien barges in uh, and plays knight to king's bishop three, and then storms off. <laughs> <laughs> right, everyone's terrified by this. <laughs> yes, and then they react appropriately. So all, yeah. all the actors are winding up for a. Ooh, that was a cunning move. Yeah, all, all the actors get out their chess opening books and start going. Well, what's the re- 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 what's the response to that? I use the other method of writing down chess moves. <laughs> I, for one, am disappointed. The aliens are not con- are not using international conventions of notation. <laughs> oh dear, but yes, look, uh, I think we should move on to our uh, our, our final TV story, uh, which is a bit that uh, a picture researcher for the BBC. Um, took an image that they used um, in the BBC News, uh, which was supposed to be uh, for the United Nations Security Council. Uh, It was, in fact, the United Nations Space Command, which is a fictional body from the video game Halo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It got more embarrassing when they uh, they cut to scenes of devastation, and that that was actually just the Covenant laying waste. (laughs) The Covenant is a thing in Halo. (laughs) Otherwise, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And and explaining your jokes makes everything better. Well, it does in that case, because otherwise I was suggesting <laughs> there was some shady body named the Covenant uh, that, was, that was laying waste to North Africa. Yes, as far as I'm aware, that, isn't, that, might, that actually might be happening. I, I don't know enough about it. I mean, it's probably not the aliens out of Halo, but there might be a body called the Covenant that is laying waste. If so, my apologies. 
Ah, but um, so you talk about computer games, things being u- used. Um, there was the uh, ITV documentary where yeah, um, it was on IT. Yeah, it was, it was ITV where, where they taken a, a helicopter being shot down from a video game and uh, claimed claimed it was uh, it was Al Qaeda, I believe. And then no, uh, no, they, I think they claimed it was. Oh, was it IRA? IRA, IRA terrorists. Yeah. Yes, it was IRA. Um, yes, I've <laughs> seen an amusing parody of that where they replaced the footage with sort of a. 1990s, you know, eight bit. In the case of Pac Man, is Pac Man a lot more violent than I remembered it? <laughs> it's it is if you're a dot. It, it's it's pretty <laughs> offensive actually if he's eating those dots while his mouth is full and then talking. You know, he keeps <laughs> saying whacka whacka whacka. No, I'm complaining about this video game. It's teaching my children bad manners. <laughs> I've never seen Pac Man kick a cat into a tree though. <laughs> Surely that's an idea for uh, another sequel. Is the victory screen of Pac-Man just like Pac-Man lying on his back, clutching his <laughs> stomach, going, "Oh, what <laughs> with? He's got no arms." True, lying on his back, looking like he wishes he could clutch his stomach, but can't. Going, How on earth do you convey that with your eyes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if Gromit can convey so many things with eyes and a brow, then then I'm sure Pac-Man has much wider emotional range than we give him credit for. Yeah. You know those things where it's like, um, learn to draw Snoopy, and like they teach you like the four expressions, you know, sort of straight, uh, you know, bashful, uh, angry. Then the fourth one is replete. <laughs> and those are the eyes you can pack, man. Sorry, not limbless or something. I'm very confused. <laughs> replete eyes. Are they, are they the eyes that a cartoon character has when he has had a large dinner? Oh, right. slight, slightly Content. lidded. Slightly or, lidded. Yeah. Slightly sleepy. Oh, yes. Slightly lidded, did you just say? Lidded. Lidded? It's not, not slightly livid. And then the lids are going like halfway down for uh, it. Like, oh, oh, I yeah. thought that was na- <laughs> I thought that was something you could, like an adjective you could apply to a person. Was you'd, you'd sort of go, how are you doing, Steve? Oh, I'm completely lidded. <laughs> like like any any kind of like verb that like that has become a noun that you apply to... And the other way around. Noun that has become a verb that you can apply to people. It just does sound like drunk. Yeah, oh, Alan got completely lidded. <laughs> I got completely potatoed. I got very lidded at little. Ah, oh, <laughs> I got potatoed at those spud you like. <laughs> I don't know. This sounds like a great idea for a, a like a carnival stall or something. You know, you are totally att- att- Attack the physicist with potatoes. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for that. I, I, I think, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, okay, now that you, obviously, you're, you're getting at me now. I'm sorry, I don't like it. Because I'm the only physicist in the room. So, obviously, I'm, feel, I'm feeling oppressed. All right. I suggest you dodge the issue by talking about a news story. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I, well, actually, I think, I think it's time for another musical break. Oh, um, oh, very well. Well, good, good dodge. Don't you dodge the and dodge. And this is, this, is, this is a song vaguely relating to physics. This Ooh. is true. All right, so uh, there you go. There's there's my segue, my my escape. I'll we, get we I'll, will, I'll get the potatoes. We will briefly escape. We will strap Michael to the wall uh, and defer to Muse uh, whilst we're seeing how that works out. Uh, we'll be right back. Online, on air, and across Cambridge. Rise and shine. Your Cam FM breakfast. Hello and welcome back to Burst the Bubble. I'm happy to confirm for listeners who are in a confused state of mind that it is not breakfast time, but I love the breakfast music, so yeah. Uh, also, breakfast at four in the afternoon is legitimate. I have consumed it myself at least one on one occasion. Now, earlier in the show, we were talking all about uh, uh, we were talking all about um, uh, President Hugo Chavez and his his antics, and then we moved on for a, a section all about television. Uh, and now we're sort of going to uh, sweep up the miscellany of news in this final section. But uh, before we get to that, we've uh, had an email in over the break. Uh, uh, a listener kindly confirms that uh, straight, bashful, angry, and replete are the only four emotions uh, that they ever experience. Uh, I think we can extrapolate from that to humanity uh, and say I'm right. <laughs> but um, sadly, that this person uh, is identified only by a number because uh, they so didn't send he a is name. a number. Oh, he, she, not, not or there he is. is. <laughs> uh, this, this person just uh, sent a, a number, and uh, apparently, uh, you have to love Brinner um, is another message that we have just received. Um, that, that's pretty cryptic. Yeah. What What is Brinner? I don't know. What is Brinner? Is it like I'm trying to? <laughs> I'm likely to get this horribly wrong. Your Brinner. Yulbrenner, I would it would be my guess. Hmm. 
if, if you if you just sent us that message and you can cl- clarify, that would be brilliant. But now we've got some more news stories to talk about, and uh, starting with uh, the Olympics. Because there are volunteer Olympic guides who are going to be in London over the course of the Games in uh, their, I'm not sure whether to say wonderful or not, purple and pink outfits, including a hat with a, a uh, quite bright purple band over the white hat. And uh, they, they are going to be, um, just basically are going to be the face of London, apparently, as, as the 66-page manual that they have been sent um, says... Yeah, it's basically a, a list of things that they they a, a list of things that they should be and should not be doing, and etiquette and basically how they should be treating people. And yeah, there's, there's some wonderful uh, suggestions in there about suggesting, like suggesting where they might enjoy fish and chips and stuff. Yeah, so if somebody turns up and says, "Hello, I would quite like a fish and chips uh, uh, breakfast," it's uh, four p.m. Uh, uh, that, 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 that's sadly not not in the manual. That's just in the uh, news story. Is I it? Think. Oh uh, man. But um, apparently, Brenner is breakfast at dinner. We've had uh, we've had confirmation of that through. So uh, yeah, I've never oh. heard of that. That's a, the logical equivalent of brunch, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, brunch, Brenner, evening snack. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> actually Yul Brenner is quite keen on uh, <laughs> this sort of thing. <laughs> if you go all day without eating, then then it might be a, like a bread night snack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay, I, but I, I think I've the, the other elevenses. <laughs> 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 Yes, uh, I think we pushed this as far as it'll go. So back back to the Olympics, <laughs> uh, and um, there's a brilliant line which has come from the uh, from the manual, which is that volunteers may have to take corrective action in order to prevent a sustainability incident. It's, it's unclear what they're sustaining. <laughs> Perhaps life. I don't know. Is that that's a, a nuclear term, isn't it? Yeah, the, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> you can have a, a critical uh, a criticality incident, uh, which is when uh, uh, you get a, the critical mass uh, of of uh, fissile material uh, into the same location, uh, and, uh, uh, and and as a result uh, lead to a uh, uh, a chain reaction. Uh, in, in other words, a sustainable reaction, you know, one which sustains itself at the same level. So I think that what this tells us is that we we, we are facing a nuclear powered Olympics. Here. Uh, that, that's that's one worrying thing. They, they've also got lots of um, stuff about how being um, they, they, they've been having to be told always be positive and polite, don't forget to smile, and remember to bear in mind that knowing or understanding English has nothing to do with someone's hearing or intelligence. So you won't need to speak to them loudly, just very clearly, which <laughs> seems to disappoint that they might not understand English at all. In which case, it doesn't matter how clearly you're speaking. <laughs> They're not going to understand, and possibly some sort of mime may work better. <laughs> I do remember being in a French cafe many years ago, and we sat there, and this English woman turned up at the, the counter and said, I want a white coffee! And the, the person behind the counter is just like, what? And she goes, white, like a newspaper, and just starts waving the newspaper in, <laughs> in the guy's face. <laughs> That's probably not uh, not recommended in this manual. I think, well, well, Also because the newspapers are generally black on white, so it could be, yeah, either, so it could be either, really, couldn't it? I'd like, <laughs> if it's the, a, a photograph or something, you know, they hit, hit at the right time, you might end up with, you know, like gummy bears or something. In <laughs> could you maybe convey this entire manual just by uh, drawing a picture or a caricature of John Cleese uh, with a cross over it? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's essentially the complete guidance we're giving here. <laughs> if he would do it, don't. <laughs> yeah, yes. Basically, I, you, you're going to spoil it now. We're going to talk about all the other things and what you couldn't and do, and you just cut. Well, cut it, it, go go ahead and, and give us some specifics about things that John Cleese would do, uh, and, and therefore one should not. That's start, the bit where you go ahead, by the way. Oh no, I, was, I mean I was going to go ahead just talking about the rest of the, the stuff in the news article, not specific examples you put me on the spot in it here i mean besides besides kind of like mentioning the war i know very little about i can remember very little about what john cleese would do don't well, set spanish sense. people on fire you yeah, know yeah, that, okay yeah that too <laughs> don't set anyone on fire do not under any conditions turn to another human being and say the words is this a piece of your brain <laughs> <laughs> He genuinely did do that. I didn't make that up. That is, yeah. that is a thing. I know. Uh, as, as pieces of advice go, that's actually surprisingly specific. <laughs> can, like, there are many other things that you should not turn to a, a fellow human being and say, that just being one of them. I suppose any of their other organs. <laughs> is this a piece of your pancreas? No, not any more acceptable. Not any better. <laughs> oh. 
But uh, also, um, uh, volunteers have been advised to check the weather ahead of their shift and be prepared with suntan lotion or your raincoat or both. <laughs> yes, John Cleese is notoriously uh, poor at checking the weather. Does <laughs> uh, or, or notoriously bad at remembering his suntan lotion and raincoat? Yes, because it says be prepared with one, the other, or both. So he always leaves them both at home. And uh, yes, but the, 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 what, 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 what are these people getting out of this? They're getting, as well as the happy, warm feeling of helping, uh, they, they are able to keep their, as, as mentioned, interesting pink and purple uniforms and the, uh, the prepaid visa card that they get, which has their £5 daily allowance for food on it. Oh, wow. I know. <laughs> Sign it, it, me up. <laughs> it, well, you, you had to sign up about a year ago, so... So get get into the time machine. Well, I I hear there's a Ukrainian man that may be able to help me with. Uh, <laughs> you didn't see this? There's a guy selling selling tickets to the games. He got caught recently, I think. Anyway, that's not very f- interesting or funny. So <laughs> <laughs> I suggest you move on. Uh, yes. uh, so, mo- so to uh, uh, just uh, on a, a little end note uh, for that uh, story, uh, we got we got a, a strange phenomenon uh, emailed in uh, a, a request. Uh, the uh, uh, we are requested to to talk about the concept of the Rat Olympics. So says Helen. Yeah, uh, uh, we, in, we, specifically in Yorkshire. No, it's, it's no, 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 she she is in Yorkshire. Uh, the 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 Rat Olympics need not necessarily be in Yorkshire. They're, they're, why not? Let's why not suppose they are. Well, the it, Rat it, Olympics are being held in Wakefield. I think this is a reference to the fact that we had the uh, the Rat Plague um, in in one of our previous shows recently. Ah, the thing in Hamlin. Yes, Hamlin. Rats return to Hamlin. So, so, so the question I posed to the two of you in order to fulfil the request uh, is: What games would feature uh, in the Rat Olympics? Swimming. Yeah, uh, because, because they can swim. They Ma- can swim. Rats can swim. Yeah, and then you Ma- can say they look like drowned rats. Uh, I, th- I think there would be uh, a round where, well, so you know, you got that uh, rat that grew a human ear uh, on its back, like not not spontaneously, uh, but one was one was implanted into its back in order to in order to grow uh, grow a spare ear for somebody, basically. I, I, so I that this. that could be one of the games. Uh, you could grow uh, the most elaborate uh, of, uh, of unusual organs uh, on 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 one's back. You know, you'd have a, oh. a rat sort of go and check it out, fully functioning liver. <laughs> there would have to be a tail vaulting event where the, the rat basically runs back. Backwards up the track, <laughs> and then uses and then its tail like that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> makes it t- t- makes its tail rigid, and then just goes catapulting over the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, there would be. Um, I they, uh, there would be uh, a game where somebody throws stones, and then the rat has to get like has to run and get hit by them. And, you know, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the the phrase isn't it? Uh, in London. If you threw a stone, you'd hit a rat. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's not it, sorry. Uh, it's, uh, you're never ten feet away from one, is it? There's another thing about throwing, a, you know, if you throw a stone, you'll hit one. Ah, uh, yes. So, w- so, the, so the game here will be shadowing people. Uh, in order to make that phrase true, each rat will be assigned a human uh, within the area of Greater London, and each must shadow them, so that the phrase, in London, you're never more than ten feet from a rat, is true, uh, because they are sneaking along on your commute to work, and so if you're like, <laughs> just, just, just following you around in the manner of the film Ratatouille. <laughs> we, we, we've, had a, a, we've had an email in that Jonathan has just noticed and is laughing at. Sorry, I shouldn't. With <laughs> his uh, uh, acratics. Acratics? Yes. I was thinking because, you know, if rats like cheese, then you could go with the Lear Dammer throw. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is particularly that, appalling. Oh, though. yeah. That, 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 that's going to get complaints. <laughs> <laughs> and if it doesn't, it should do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sorry to everybody. <laughs> oh dear. But uh yeah, I think that's enough that's enough rats for now. We should go on to uh <laughs> we should go on to um the Oxford University Press's thirty one million world and uh, thirty one million word analysis of writing by British children has found an awful lot of American words sneaking in there. Um we don't don't talk about fairy cakes anymore, it's cupcakes. I've I can't it's, say I've ever heard anybody use the term fairy cakes. Oh, yeah, one of the kids it always used to be fairy cakes. Uh, but I always used to be the, the ones where you get, I can't remember what it is, kind of like two kinda like, um, semicircles oh, yeah. of things on, on top on the icing. So it's like, like little wings. I thought they're fairy cakes. I think I've, heard, I've seen this once and it was in a puzzle book, depressingly. This is where I get most of my popular culture from. <laughs> puzzle books. Seems- how do you how do you how do you acquire culture from puzzle books? Well, I know all sorts of things about train times from London to Manchester. You know, you know all the potential locations of Waldo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and uh, I also know all about. If you need certain amounts of liquid measured out, and you only have very restricted numbers of uh, you know bottles to do it with, then I am your man. <laughs> Uh, apparently they um, also analysed uh, folk, uh, regional differences in c- between um, these stories. So children in Glasgow make more frequent use of the word we compared with other regions, while in southwest Wales, sheep, dragon and pie are popular words. <laughs> just, c- just confirming basically every stereotype ever. That I is think. the Welsh <laughs> national dish, sheep and dragon pie. <laughs> they notoriously skimp on the dragon, it's rubbish. <laughs> uh, you actually use the dragon to cook it if you're doing it properly. But, uh, yeah, so, um, they're saying that, uh, obviously Harry Potter and Twilight, get, there's lots of, um, Bellas and Harrys turning up in, in their stories, and, uh, yeah, so, th- th- yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, I've, 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 this, I've this is, this is the story, isn't it, where we're supposed to sort of go, my goodness, children are saying cupcakes instead of fairy cakes, why? Next the Queen will be wearing pantaloons on her face, but I, I just can't work out the, the ire, you know, it's, we're supposed to sort of hate this, you know, ah, evolutionary language, they're all becoming Americans, you know, uh, Yorkshire puddings will be replaced by Big Mac puddings, but... <laughs> And they will. And, and when they are, awesome. And I want to eat all your Big Mac pudding. <laughs> I would definitely want to supersize my Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> oh, you, you, you can get giant Yorkshire puddings, and you get bangers in ration. True, but they're giant, not supersized. See, that's, 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 oh. our, that's our yeah, mistake. Giant, giant is not one of the, the sizes that you get in these things. You can like, get medium, large, supersize. So wh- how does giant compare to super? I mean, and like, like, super, uh, super, I think of Superman, who is smaller than a giant. I think Giant is bigger, it's slightly bigger than Super Size, uh, both of which are smaller than Preposterous, uh, which is the new legally mandated uh, uh, size uh, for uh, McDonald's fast food. <laughs> they, they have to say, would you like to Preposterous that, sir? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, it's uh, the, the, the kind of, like, happy thing that, that, that will, will hopefully stop rage in this story is the fact that children writing these stories only used SMS shorthand when actually referring to text messages. So they so they they, they wrote using proper English for the rest of the time. Awesome. Well, uh, I I couldn't work up earlier. I partially take back. <laughs> and uh, just uh, quickly before we finish, uh, we've got time for uh, one last story, which is that a library book has been returned to Navan Library in the Republic of Ireland, eighty years late. It was checked out in 1932, and the uh, the fine is actually a quite reasonable four thousand one hundred and sixty euros. Although it was um, slipped discreetly through the letterbox, so uh, the, the, they won't be getting the fine. I thought the fine for that length of uh, over-loaning uh, is that you become the librarian. You know, because li- librarians never seem to sort of change hands. You know, it's not exactly a, a high-rotation profession. And none of them ever seem particularly pleased to be where they are. That's why. <laughs> you are consigned to the library. But on that note, uh, we are out of time for this week's edition of Burst the Bubble. Uh, we'll be back from 4pm uh, next week. Next up is The Science of Fiction. Uh, and what will they be talking about, Andy? Shout out. Medieval Science. Medieval Science, if you didn't catch that. So uh, so stay tuned to CamFM uh, to, to hear about some medieval science uh, in about five minutes from now. We'll see you next week.